0: I could see in their eyes that there was a lot of sorrow and please don't ask any questions. I knew I would search. I always knew I would search. I never told my mother or my father. I knew it would hurt him, so I didn't do it. I just felt, I felt finally like I belonged. I felt like I found home.
1: The ability to adapt is as natural as breathing to an adoptee. As a baby, the person who gave me life is gone. I adapt. My adoption is a private family matter, never to be discussed. I adapt. My class has a genealogy assignment, but I don't know my heritage. I adapt. A medical assistant hands me a family medical form, but I can't fill it out. I adapt. In the genetic mirror, I see no reflection. Nobody looks or acts like me. I adapt. My family says I'm betraying them because I yearn for answers. My family does not adapt. I adapt. The ability to adapt is one superpower of an adoptee. Adoption is adaptation. I am a warrior of the adapted, fighting for understanding love. I adapt. This was a piece that was written by, I guess today, Kendra, and it was published in a book about adoption. Kendra spent her life wondering where she came from and who she was, but it was a subject that they really didn't speak about. She felt like she couldn't speak about it. Everything surrounding her adoption felt like a secret, even when she first spoke with her birth mother. When her birth mother passed away and she was finally able to connect with her siblings, She found apprehension from an unlikely source. It's been nine years since her reunion with our siblings. Here is my interview with Kendra. At what age were you adopted and where were you adopted from? I
0: was adopted at six days old and I was adopted from Los Angeles County adoptions.
1: And do you remember how you found out that you were adopted?
0: Yes, just weeks before my fifth birthday. See, my mom was an identical twin and my mom's identical twin had a daughter nine months older than me and we were about ready to start school and we're we're out shopping for clothes and this lady wanted to take a picture of us and the reason is because my mom's an identical twin and my cousin and I look like twins because they had us dressed the same and had same haircuts and stuff right so so this lady wanted to take our picture and she was very pregnant at the time and I felt my mom's hand stiffen up and so my aunt said, oh, you know, bless your heart. I wouldn't trade places with you or whatever she was saying to this lady. And I kept waiting for my mom to say what happened with me. And she never did. So as we walked away, I said, mom, what happened when you had me? I wanted to hear my story. And she said, oh, we'll talk about that later. Let's just finish shopping now. But she, I could see in her eyes, her eyes darting to my aunt. And I could see like this. I knew that was going to happen in her eyes. And I was like, hmm. So later that day, I got sat-, sat down and told, oh, honey, you know, you're adopted, you're special, we chose you, that, that huge speech. But I had no idea what they were talking about. Even though their voices sounded like I was a princess and this was super exciting, I could see in their eyes that there was a lot of sorrow and please don't ask any questions. So I didn't. I thought, well, I'll get somebody else to explain it. And kind of funny part about it was I started telling people I'm adopted and they would get horrified looks on their faces like, I can't believe you're telling me this because this Mm -hmm. is back 1969 and adoption isn't like it is today. You didn't talk about it. It was taboo anyway and so i was really confused and i remember my mom overheard me telling somebody and she snatches me by my elbow and she says we don't tell people that that's a private family matter And now all of a sudden it's something horrible i'm not supposed to tell people and i had no idea what it was and then a couple of nights later my we're out to dinner this is kind of funny but it's true for about three years i believe this We're out to dinner, and my mom says, I think I'll choose the special. And I was like, oh, this is it. I'm going to learn. And she orders chicken, and I think I hatched from an egg. Oh. (laughs) No wonder she didn't want anybody to know. For three years, I truly believed that. I thought I hatched from an egg. That must be what adopted means, but I figured it out later on. But, yeah, it's kind of funny.
1: Yeah, and because you felt like you couldn't ask any questions. You just had to come up with your own idea.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it was like you chose me like a doll on a shelf. You, you know, I'm special, like a princess. I couldn't figure it out, but I was okay with that answer. Oh, no wonder she doesn't want anybody to know you Know, yeah, so I was okay. Yeah, I figured it out later, but and you know what's interesting is when Christina Crawford wrote Mommy Dearest, that was my school, that was the school I went to, Chadwick. I remember my mom being really upset because Joan Crawford, you know, she was dead and she couldn't defend herself. And I thought to myself, well, if she just felt loved and cherished, that book never would have been written,
1: right? Yeah, yeah.
0: so you know, we had completely opposing views on it, but I didn't say anything to her.
1: We didn't didn't talk about it.
0: You know, I was really quiet about my inside thoughts and feelings, and I didn't really express myself very often.
1: Well, your adoptive parents divorced kind of early in your life, and that would be really hard for any young kid to go through. Do you think it was more confusing after you found out that you were adopted?
0: I don't ever remember my mom and my dad being together because they divorced when I was two years old. So I had no memory of it being any other way than the way it was. So I'm sure it was, you know, traumatic. I don't know, but it was in a time that there weren't that many divorced families. I had a name of Kendra, you know, I'm adopted and my parents are divorced. Yeah, you know, added on
1: it's yeah, okay just another layer <laughs> I felt
0: different from all of them anyway I, I really felt like um they were dancing this graceful dance or to a waltz or something and I was tone deaf you know I, I I wanted so much to be like them but I couldn't and I tried a thousand different ways and I I just wasn't like them and I knew it
1: so w- yeah. what was it specifically that made you want to find your birth family was it just really that
0: Yes, I knew I would search. I always knew I would search. My, I never told my mother or my father. I knew it would hurt him, so I didn't do it. What really was the catalyst to make me go and search was, it was, believe it or not, at my mother's celebration of life, I'm talking to this real estate agent, and he's telling me these wonderful stories about my mom, and warm cookies were being pulled out of the oven, and he excuses himself to go get one. After one bite, he falls to the floor having a massive heart attack, literally dying on my mother's floor at her celebration of life. Right. And I, oh my God, is that going to happen to me? He survives it. It was called a sudden death syndrome. But still, I thought, what's my genetic fate? And so then I decided to to start looking. And I went ahead and contacted LA County Adoptions. And I had to send in the documents to get my non-identifying information back. So that's what I did.
1: So you didn't have any information. Like, after your mother had passed away, you didn't find anything. And you just really had to go out there and get it on your own. Right. And this was
0: in 1993, so there really wasn't any internet then either at that time for the search, so I was just winging it.
1: So how did you find your birth family?
0: Well, with the non-identifying information at that time, I knew that she was divorced recently and that said right on there that she was really worried about, she had other children. She had five children. I'm the youngest, and I'm the only one placed for adoption. And I thought, oh my goodness, you know, she had to get back to Michigan from California. The excuse was she came out to watch her best friend graduate police academy. And then there was other stories too, like she was having a mental break because my mother and my father had gotten divorced and that was, you know, 1964, 65, so that was traumatic. And so anyway, she was gone for about nine months to have me in California and then she returned. And anyway, I was just like, oh, I've gotta find her. I gotta find out if she got the kids back and yeah. stuff. And, and I was really worried about my siblings. You know, I think I really yearned for siblings my whole life because as an only child, I knew I wasn't supposed to be an only child. My soul knew it.
1: Yeah, so your siblings were all full siblings, and you were the youngest. Do you know why yes. you were given up for adoption?
0: They had slept together after the divorce, and, you know, in 1965, you— 64 or 65, you couldn't be unmarried and, and have a child. She already had a big letter on her with a divorce, you know? Yeah. Imagine being pregnant, right? So she came out to California, and, and she ended up having me, and then she went ahead and signed the papers and returned back to Michigan. Very strong woman, though. She, she has to face raising four boys and a girl on her own, No child support because he's moved to a non-child support state. She did a fantastic job. And I thought she really thought outside the box because in 1965, she goes to the police academy and she becomes a police officer.
1: That's awesome.
0: And she graduates from the police academy and has a job in that town that she lives in. It took her three years from the time she relinquishes me until she's a full police officer working in the town, which is pretty awesome. That was awesome.
1: Did she raise the kids on her own or did she get remarried?
0: She was remarried briefly, very briefly. But, no, she raised them on her own. Absolutely. She did a fantastic job. They're all wonderful, successful human beings. They're just unbelievable. They're awesome. I I, love siblings. Yeah. I found her. um, It took me 10 months to find her, but I did find her. And I remember that phone call. I was shaking. Oh, my gosh. I, I had been so... Deep into the search, I hadn't stopped to consider, what are you going to do once you have the phone number? Yeah. Yeah, and I thought, well, what do I say? You know, it's a million things that go through your mind, and I just called her up, and I, I said, um, may I speak with Dorothy, please? And she said, speaking. And I said, do you remember the name? And I gave her my original birth name. She goes, uh, yes,
1: <laughs> <laughs> like that.
0: And I said, well, I'm her. Oh. Well, how are you? That, uh-huh. And she was so kind she really was we talked she said oh cindy will be so happy she always wanted a sister but by the next phone call that i talked to her whatever happened i don't know that she decided she just didn't want to tell them she didn't want to tell my siblings and i said okay i'm not looking to out you to your family i just want some family medical history and she said well anxiety (laughs) <laughs> that's about it and i i kind of laughed i thought she was talking about that call right there yeah but now it runs in her family i see it clearly now yeah so she was great we exchanged letters and cards and pictures for a few years and then just drifted apart i figured well one day when she passes away they'll find my pictures and my letters yeah and so i waited 20 years
1: wow so none of them knew about you at all until she had passed away
0: Yes. Well, so what happened was I was on the internet and I thought, I wonder if she has a Facebook. And so I I typed it in and I found her obituary. She had died four years previously. And I thought, oh my goodness, well, they're not going to find my pictures. And it didn't say what she passed away from. And I thought, okay, I'm just going to have to write a letter and send it on Facebook. First, I sent a letter to my sister. But if you're not friends on Facebook, what happens, it goes into a spam folder and nobody sees it. So it, it was about two weeks later, I realized you know, she either didn't get it or something was up. So I went ahead and sent it to my oldest brother. And again, two weeks went by, nothing. And I thought, okay, I'm going to have to friend request him. And so I friend requested him and he accepted it because I was kissing the the cheek of my son, who's a Marine. And he had been a doc in the Navy. So he thought it was one of his Marines and he accepted it. And he said, oh, can you call me? And I said, well, I see that you're in O'Hare Airport. And he said, that's okay, please call me. So that's, that's what happened was so sweet and so kind. We talked for a couple hours during his layover. And, oh, it was such a beautiful conversation. And before we hung up, he said, I don't know how you feel, but I have another sister today. Aww. And I just lost it. Yeah.
1: That all went really well, but you had a pretty unique situation with your immediate family during the reunion period.
0: sure did. So I'm having this awesome experience with my siblings. There's five of them, okay? So I'm on the phone all the time, and I'm so excited to, to share everything I'm learning. This is a lifelong dream come true for me. And I start noticing my kids, my adult children are backing off. My sister-in-law said, my husband speaks to another woman. My husband is on the phone hours with this other woman. Thank God it's his sister, right? I told my husband that and he said, well, times that by five for me. And I went... Oh, it's becoming a problem for him. So I only talked when he wasn't home. I didn't want to really like rub it in his face, you know, but I started noticing it was hard. And after all this time now, I've I've had a lot of time to reflect on it and talk about it with him. And he said, it was like watching you fall in love. You know, your, your purpose and your joy wasn't coming from me and it was coming from to these other people. It almost felt like you were cheating on me. Because you were just walking on air and you're giddy and you're smiling. You look like you were falling in love. And in essence, really, that's what I was. Was, you know, I mean, not, you know, sexually, obviously. But my son told me, Mom, these were strangers to us and you never talked about your childhood. You never talked about being adopted. We had no idea this was a lifelong dream for you. And he's right. But at the time I was very angry and resentful because I thought, What's wrong with you people? I've helped you chase every dream any of you have ever chosen. And now it's my turn and you turn your back on me. What's going on here? Yeah. It took me getting off my mound of anger and resentment and trying to understand from their eyes. Yeah. And that's when I finally got it.
1: So do you think there was anything you could have done differently during that time to, you know, make them feel more comfortable? <laughs>
0: I don't think during that time I could have made them more comfortable with it. It was a very strange situation. The only thing that I think would have made it easier, if I had it all to do over again, I would talk more about being adopted, about what it was like and my childhood. I never spoke about it. Not, my son was in high school, and he didn't even know I was adopted. Oh, wow. So I, that's how much I never spoke about it. Yeah. I just, you know, I, I tucked that away in a corner of my mind, locked it up tight, and didn't want to visit it. yeah. And during the reunion, it all came bubbling up to the surface, you know, just kind of like, hi, I'm still here, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, it does, all the emotions, you have to, you have to deal with it. It's, you know, I, I really don't like the TV reunion shows because they're not realistic. It's like, oh, happily ever after. And it's so much more complex than that. Yeah. So much more. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, if they did follow-up shows to those reunions, that would be different, (laughs) but they don't.
0: Or started it at the reunion and then followed them for the next year or two.
1: Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because even though
0: I had a beautiful, beautiful reunion with my siblings, there were times when that kind of hit me out of nowhere. Like, we were sitting around a campfire at my sister's and my sister-in-law and my sister started talking about all the kids that they knew in high school. And it kind of hurt because I should have known them. And then all of a sudden it felt like I had to mourn the life that never was.
1: So how long after you found them, did you meet them in person?
0: I found them and talked to them for the first time June 1st. And I met my sister in Las Vegas in October.
1: And how were you feeling leading up to that first meeting?
0: I was so excited. I was really, the first time I talked to my sister, I was very, very nervous. Extremely nervous because I was taking two titles away from her. The youngest and the only girl. And she's like, oh, you can have them. I got me some backup against brothers. I don't <laughs> care. And so she's just been great. But I was driving out to Vegas and I remember right before I got there, my sister was waiting for me. She can't wait. I'm so excited. I'm almost there too. And a semi cut me off and I spilled water all over my lap and I thought, oh my goodness, I can't just show up like
1: this.
0: (laughs) So I pulled over into a neighborhood and I jumped in the backseat and I'm changing my pants. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, what the neighbors must think they're looking out the window. Oh Oh, man, (laughs) I was such a glut. Oh, what a doofus. But yeah, it was great. We were holding each other. I forget where they were staying. Where were they staying? doesn't matter, one of the big hotels. I don't know how to explain it except for I just hit it off with my siblings. Like it's almost as if I wasn't not there it's as if i've always been there it was instantaneous the connection and it's never faltered it's good
1: i guess that you met on like a neutral territory and like a fun place like las vegas right
0: well uh, yeah i met the rest of them at, at a christmas party at my brother's house in december so two months later i was i flew to michigan and my brother lived in the house they grew up in Mm-hmm. I spent the night in my sister's room, and wow. I was like looking out that window, thinking this would have been my room too. Huh. Yeah, that's weird.
1: Kinda,
0: yeah, it was neat. It yeah. was it was beautiful, but I heard an audible gasp when I walked in because I looked so much like her.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I've seen the pictures. It looks like all your siblings look pretty similar with you, right? Yeah, yeah.
0: it's like my grandkids also look like my brother's grandkids too. Oh,
1: that's which is crazy. interesting.
0: And, I know. And I finally have that I have the genetic mirror. And I, I've never had that before. I think with adoptees, it's it's um, an obsession, because I would always be comparing, you know, like my baby picture to my daughter's baby picture. It's just something you yearn for.
1: It's like when you have your own child, you think that's the first person that you know that you're related to. Kind yes. Of that thing it is the
0: first person i'm related to that i know genetically i didn't know anybody genetically connected to me for so long i never did meet her though face to face or anything like that we talked but i never did meet her face to face and so the picture that she sent me was at her retirement dinner and i felt like i didn't look like her and i felt like i didn't look like my siblings and i was kind of disappointed because i was really wanting to look like somebody and then when i talked to my brother bob he said my god you're the spitting image of mom and i said I don't see it. He said, God, be kidding. And he sent me a picture. And I was like, whoa. okay, Mm. I see it
1: now. So was there anything else when you were with them that you noticed, like, do you, you have similar tastes in music or like, is there anything that you share with them other than just features?
0: Yes. My youngest brother and my sister were competitive swimmers, and I was also a competitive swimmer. I found it interesting that my my oldest brother was in the one four out of Camp Pendleton, and so was my son. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, yeah. You know what else is really interesting? I love like little dollhouses and little people in the dollhouses, and I guess so did my so did my mom. Hmm. She had a Yeah, so that was neat. I also am definitely definitely afraid of tornadoes. Mind you, I've never seen one. Yeah. And then I found out that she went through an F five beach tornado in in, uh, Michigan which is one of the top 10 in the United States Hmm. and I thought oh that's interesting
1: yeah did you feel like there was any difference with you guys with you growing up on the west coast and then them growing up in Michigan I'm sure there is I'm sure (laughs) there is I I would love to see like if somebody had a crystal ball I'd love to see what my beliefs and how different I would have been but I wouldn't
0: change anything I wouldn't I, I I keep it just the way it is um I that's probably probably there is something but I can't think of them think of it right now yeah it's been an awesome journey and I'm I'm like nine years post uh, reunion with my siblings and I'm hoping my brother will come on your show and, and talk to you about what it's like to get that letter what it's like you know to suddenly flip somebody's life upside down
1: yeah so what were you feeling immediately after the first time you met them and was it hard to leave Michigan
0: I just felt, I felt finally like I belonged. I felt like I found home. So I was just ear to ear grin, exhausted. It was emotional. It was beautiful. I saw fall for the first time. I've never seen fall. <laughs> it was beautiful, absolutely beautiful. I, I was going back once, about once a year, but then COVID hit and I haven't been back since, but it's beautiful back there. It feels like home.
1: Yeah. How often do you speak with them now?
0: The honeymoon phase is over, but I speak to one of them at least once a month. Yeah. So, you know, we stay in touch. That's pretty cool. I'm hoping we'll get together sometime this year, hopefully.
1: Do you feel like any of the relationships have evolved in the time that you've known them?
0: We, uh, evolved in what sense?
1: like either in a positive or a negative way like do you feel like it's-
0: I don't have any I've I've not felt any negative positive yes absolutely I don't know I just love them and yeah. they love me and I know it in my heart and I'm hopefully they know it in their hearts and I just you know saying the words brother and sister were so foreign coming out of my mouth as an only child and now it just flows out. like. And I called my um, brother the other day, and I was talking to his wife, and I said, can you tell me what it was like when you got that letter in O'Hare Airport? And she said, oh, my gosh, let me think about that. It just seems like you've always been there now. Oh. And I thought that was a sweet compliment. I agree with her. Yeah. It's hard to go back and try to remember. That's why I wish I had written in a journal at that time.
1: Yeah. So it seems like every relationship has just really grown in a positive way for you. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. and and now, in my home, with my adult children and my husband, everything's fine if i told him right now hey i'm going to michigan for a week he'd say okay honey just you know when do you need me to pick you up and drop you off at the airport totally fine my sons have gone back there you know go hunting with my brothers my brother's son uh just spent the weekend in my house this weekend Hmm. um so everything's fine now but during that time was really difficult it was really hard because i felt i felt so alone because i had this incredible joy but couldn't share it with my family this situation going on with my own family that I didn't want to tell my siblings about because I didn't want them to have a preconceived notion of what they're like or if there's issues. So I didn't say anything to them and I just felt incredibly alone during that time. But it worked its way out and it's okay now. If there's other adoptees who have that going on, it's it does happen and it's common mm-hmm. and it's weird. It's a kind of it's a weird situation. It's not something, you know, you see every day. And it kind of feels like they're they're taking you away from from them, and it scares them. I get it now. I see it now, but at the time I was just angry.
1: yeah, it sounds like yeah. after talking it through that you know you just really needed to talk about it and have them understand that it was something important to you, and then they were fine, right
0: I think time kind of healed it that and then talking about it. My youngest son, who went back to go hunting a couple years ago, he told my brother, you know, we weren't very nice to my mom during that time. So he understands. He knows that that was difficult. But again, I never talked about it. They had no idea this was a dream of mine. Yeah. They had no idea, and it was just weird. These were strangers to them. But to me, I was just completely meshing with them. You know, I felt like I've always known them. There wasn't an awkward moment in any of it. With anybody, with cousins and aunts, you know, nobody.
1: That's pretty rare, too.
0: (laughs) Yeah, my brother did say that. He said that um, on Grandma's deathbed, she said, Michael, come here, you have a sister. And he said, I know she's down the hall. And she said, no, you have another sister. And he said, what? And she said, oh, weren't the strawberries beautiful this year? So he kind of knew. Yeah, he kind of knew. But he didn't know when I was born or where I was born or, you know any of that stuff. Now, the younger three don't remember any of that. They don't remember any of that time. Michael remembers going and living with grandma and grandpa. And, you know, she was gone quite a long time. So it was traumatic for them, too.
1: So you mentioned that you had spent some time in the adoption support groups, and you're pretty active in oh, them.
0: Sure. to myself during that time. You know, this has to be going on with someone else. So I ended up signing up for an adoptee support group, reunion support group. And I had to be accepted in, and I was. And when I went in there, I was, I felt like this this burden had been taken off my shoulders because there was all the thoughts and feelings that all these people were writing about. I felt too, mm-hmm. and I didn't feel so alone anymore. And yet we never spoke about it, any of it because we thought there was nobody else out there that would understand what we were going through, or, or that we weren't alone. You know, and I, it was a an incredible healing and experience for me being in there with them. Yeah.
1: Was that before or after you met your birth family that you did that? That was after, after.
0: Yeah. Because I was having an issue with my family, my immediate family. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, maybe there's another adoptee who, who has also gone through this, but I couldn't really find anybody. And that's why I thought, okay, well, I need to start speaking about it because this does happen. I was blindsided by it. I never saw that coming. I just wanted other adoptees to know this can happen, and it's quite normal, and just hang in there. You'll be fine.
1: So when you, you finally got in touch with your birth mother, it didn't really go very far. Do you feel like once you reunited with your siblings, it was better feeling and a better picture of reunion for you?
0: Yes, and I think having the adopted parents and the birth parents out of the equation made it a lot easier. We didn't have to worry about anything like that. They were they were all gone. Yeah. They were all dead. I joked that, hey, if I'd known it was going to be this great, I would have outed her 20 years ago.
1: <laughs> you know, <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I was just kidding though. We didn't have to deal with the emotions or the jealousy perhaps of, of adoptive parents or or the whatever it is. We didn't have to deal with that. We could just be free to... My oldest brother, Michael, took her headstone off of her grave and engraved my name with theirs and put it back. Oh. I mean, that was just incredible.
1: Yeah, I mean, incredible. it, it was kind of almost like she was, like, hiding you again, you know? Like, you felt like you had to hide the fact that you were adopted when you were little and then you were being hidden Probably. again. I mean, that's, yes,
0: that's rough. Family secret, right? Yeah. Yes.
1: And, and you were their full siblings. <laughs> that shouldn't have been... Yeah.
0: I didn't realize that I was a full sibling. She had told me that, you know, my father lived in Montana. and If I go there, all I'm going to find is disappointment. That's what she said. And so I thought all those years, I thought I had a different father because I it, it didn't even dawn on me that a father would leave four sons and a daughter behind and go to Montana. It just didn't. You know, the funny part about it is I was never interested in a reunion with him. I don't know why. can't mm-hmm. tell you, but I just was never interested in it. I never contacted him. I didn't even know his name and I didn't care. I just wanted to find her, so when she told me that, I always thought, "Oh, that's my father, not theirs." I didn't realize that it was the same father and, and mother, you know, and that I was the youngest, which was interesting. I just love them. They're they've, you know, I wish it could be like that for every adoptee in reunion to have that kind of complete
1: acceptance. Yeah, because
0: it's beautiful, and it's not always like that.
1: No, it, it really is not.
0: Yeah. Even when it's great, though, there's going to be a lot of emotional moments that you're going to have to deal with when you're in reunion, and it's hard. But I always knew I would do it. I wouldn't change anything.
1: So you kind of started answering my last question. What would you tell people who are entering the journey of seeking their birth families?
0: I would say write a journal. Write a journal about it if you're going to do it. If you have that yearning, burning desire inside of you to do it, then do it. For the adoptive parents, I would say... This has nothing to do with your role as a parent. Nothing. It's almost like if a if family member disappeared 20 years later, you could find out why. That's what it is. It's just questions need to be answered that are burning inside of your adoptee. And it will all go back to normal in a little while. Just hold their hand and, and help them. Yeah. You know, because there's going to be a lot of emotional moments that you're going to need to be there. Don't be jealous. It has nothing to do with you. Yeah. You know, I would to change that. I really do. That they think it's like, you know, a betrayal. There's nothing betraying about wanting to know what your identity is. Right. I need to know where I came from in order to go forward.
1: Right. Exactly. That's it. You know, it's not
0: this, oh, you were a horrible parent and I'm replacing you. It's not that at all. So that I wish we could change. But if you have that burning desire to have the reunion and, and go on that quest and that search, do it. No matter what you find, just just being brave enough to go on that quest is pretty amazing in and of itself, you know?
1: Yeah, definitely. It takes a lot of courage yeah. to put yourself out there like that. It
0: does. It really does.
1: Well, thank you so much for letting me interview you.
0: Well, thank you very much for having the podcast. It's beautiful.
1: If you or someone in your family has been touched by adoption and would like to speak about it, please email me at whathappensafterpodcast at gmail.com. Also, please check out the Instagram for the show to see pictures of my guests that they were so kind to share from their reunions. Next time I'll talk to Heather, who had a lot of ups and downs throughout her reunion, but has found comfort investigating her roots through the use of genealogy. Listen next time to find out what happens after.